Welcome to the Yal Mega Podcast, where we delve into the inspiring stories of entrepreneurs, motivational coaches, and business leaders. Join us as we hear about their journey to success and the challenges they face along the way. We'll uncover their secrets to perseverance and determination and gain valuable insights into what it takes to reach your goals. The journey may not be beautiful, but it is always purposeful. So sit back, relax, and be ready to be inspired by those who have dared to dream big and make it a reality. Wepa! What up, me gente? It's Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Al Mega Podcast. I am. And today, we're going to get fired up, baby, because we have an amazing guest. He is a sales expert. He is a multi-location gym owner. He is a former pro wrestler. That's right. He was giving out the people's elbow before the rock, and he's here to charge you up and fire up your sales team. The one, the only, the legendary Mr. Dustin Bogle. That's right. Let's reinforce it, and let's make people accountable and make them handle their business the way the global way how you doing glad to be here i love the showmanship and it's funny i know we're gonna dive into the book but check this out only a wrestler will get their shirt printed on or get their book printed on a shirt and uh that's that showmanship baby so i love your showmanship let's do this man let's make it fun for the audience this absolutely rock, Dustin. Thank you for coming. And, and folks, he's an amazing powerhouse here. And let's just get dive right in. Origin, origin story. Yeah. First, tell us a bit where you originally from, and the sparks that started you on this entrepreneurial journey. Yes. So uh, I let's get right into the elbow drops, man. I'm from Southern California. Recently moved to Texas just two years ago, but born and raised in sunny SoCal, and so very heavy Mexican influence being right by the border. So Lucha Libre shows. And uh, when I was in high school, I basically got invited to a gym by a friend, got in shape, and then ended up going into wrestling school just by being around a bunch of buddies like pro wrestling. So we said, screw it, let's do this. Let's actually go for it. And so we signed up for a wrestling school and learned how to do the clotheslines and the drop kicks and everything. And so uh, my first wrestling character was Diablo. And so you can't tell now because I'm bald, but back then I had long <laughs> hair. I had fire all over my gear. I would come out and I'd hit soda out of people's hands and be this mean bad guy. And oh, so, you were the uh, heel. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, I'm the heel, baby. So then I'm going to these Lucha Libre shows. And because I'm the only white guy in the in the ring, it's very easy to get heat to say, you know, screw you guys, screw Mexico and say all these, you know, mean things. People are throwing sodas, they're throwing food. And so I did that for 10 years. I was this mean heel uh, named Diablo, man. So it was a blast. I loved it. Awesome. So what happened? 10 years in the business, what changed? Yes. I would say there's two things. Number one, the longer I did it, the more I realized that this is not what my purpose was on, on earth. And so I think there's always signs. If you believe in a higher being like I do, there's signs telling you what you're meant to do. And there's things that are like, pushing you saying, stop doing this. This is not what you're meant to do. And I think we ignore it. We all hear like, you got to grind. It's going to be tough. It will be. But if it if it's like absurd tough, it, that might be something telling you you're not meant to do this. And so yeah. start to open your eyes up. And what I did during the weekdays to pay my bills 
uh, is I, I was a personal trainer Monday through Friday. And that's what I did for a living. The weekends when I was a pro wrestler, I wasn't making any money. You get paid $20 a show. Sometimes I got $20 paid. $20 a show? Yeah. <laughs> so what? it didn't even cover gas, man. Yeah. Oh, my and God. So, so, no, no, wait, before you continue, this is what people don't know, that wrestling is not easy. This guy was taking no. physical abuse for $20 a night. Wow. Yes. And that's when you start getting paid. When you're paying your dues, you do it for free. You're like, I'll be there. I'll be in the opener. I'll I'll lose money. I'm paying my food. I'm paying my gas. And so, yes, that's what that you know young starving artist is willing to do, right? We're willing to do whatever it takes to express our art. And so that's what I did. And so, yeah, you know, um, that's that's kind of the cutting your teeth into the business. But essentially, it was. The longer I did it, the more I realized I'm not built for this. I'm a morning person. It's late nights. You know, it's like you're a morning person. You're not going to probably make it as a rock star trying to be up till 2 or 3 a.m. Um, the food, like I lost a bunch of weight, but then I got into pro wrestling as a bunch of fast food and I started gaining it back. So I was like, man, I can't handle this. And then again, it was just like the environment. Like I was just like, hey, this isn't like my people i'm seeing people do steroids i'm pe seeing people snort cocaine i'm seeing guys cheat on their wife i was like these guys are a bunch of pirates i love them to death but this is just not me yeah, i don't the energy is not you're not feeling that yeah. vibe of energy i feel that you know yes. it's going against the grain you know against your soul yes. if you will and i understand yes. that 100 i mean and if everybody's seen these wrestling documentaries you know dustin ain't lying there's a lot of stuff that goes yeah. on in those rooms that oh, yeah. you know you got to be mentally prepared to handle Yep. So that the second one I would say is the one that I, I had no power over. And that was just the damage on my body. Although you see people do this for 20, 30, 40 years, it's mind blowing to me because I did it for 10 years. I got scanned by a chiropractor. They said, you have the back of an 80 year old. And I was in my twenties and it's just from getting slammed and slammed. You go to wrestling school, they're doing thousands of reps of body slams. And then you have matches, you're getting slammed. And so although people know like, Hey, it's a show, it's a physical show. It's like being a stuntman, you know, like you people can get hurt. I got stitches on my head from taking a chair shot. People get thrown through tables. Accidents happen. A guy thinks he can pick you up and then he can't. You land weird on yep. your neck. Like mm. it, it is a physical Did that happen show. to you? Oh, yeah. Did you ever have All a bad thing. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. My baby brother was, my middle brother was into the wrestling scene. And one time he invited me over. I almost wanted to jump out the seat and jump into the ring with him. <laughs> and that's my it's brother. Fun, How man. dare you? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like I, I loved it, but I think once I started going into business and all these doors started opening, I started to see this is what I meant to do. I meant to help people with fitness and I meant to help people with business. And that's what I do. And I have been doing for many years now. Oh. And I know that that's how I'm going to make my impact on the world. So was there a key moment in your physical training you know, that when you were helping people during the week that you said, I'd rather do this. Did it happen there or did it happen in the locker room when you said this? That's it. I give. It, it was, was actually. Moment? Yeah, there's there's two moments I'll share. The first where I decided I wanted to become a trainer was when I lost 60 pounds of body fat. And when I saw how much different my life, 60. my quality of life went up. Yeah, I was 260 pounds in high school. I lost 60, went down to a lean 200 at abs. I was muscular. And so it wasn't about just the body, like that felt good, of course, but I got more confidence and I stood taller, my posture, I slept like a baby, I had more energy. Um, I just had more mental clarity. There's all these side effects 
that people don't know until they get fit. And then they're like, oh, I know. Now I know. I'm in with the, I'm in with the click. I get what you guys are talking about always. And so you can't, you can, you can keep telling people, but until they experience it, you, you just can't like overstate how amazing it feels when you feel like your best self in your body, when you're healthy, yeah. fit, and strong. So that was when I decided to become a trainer. When I decided that I want to go all in on fitness was when people started saying the same word over and over again. And it was, the word was confidence. They're like, Dustin, oh, since training with you, I'm more confident. I decided to take the risk. I'm going to go open that business. Dustin, since training with you, I'm more confident. I'm going to go talk to that guy that I've been afraid to talk to because now I feel more sexy in my body. Dustin, because of you, I feel more confident. I'm going to go to my boss next week and I'm going to ask for that promotion. And I said, oh, my God, like nobody talks about this word enough. Confidence can literally change your life. And the people yes. who are afraid to go take risks, usually it's because they lack self-confidence. And then you see the guys that are the risk takers, they tend to be oozing with confidence. And I'm like, man, I, of course, I want to help people lose fat, gain muscle. That's like the physical stuff. Mm. But it's what happens in your mindset that's the most valuable. And that is confidence, right? So let's, let's explain that to people, though, because there's a difference between cocky and confidence. There's right? a fine line. So, yep. so, so, so to you, what's that fine line? Because a lot of people mistake confidence for cockiness when it's just a person just yep. feeling happy with themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. So to you, yep. what is that line? I, there's two things. Are you humble? Which means like you can start doing cool things. You can start making money. You can start getting fit. You can start doing amazing things and be successful. But can you keep yourself in check? Right. And so like a lot of people, you get tested when you start getting a little bit of success on your humility. And so I think, number one, that is what keeps you from being arrogant. The second is that are you doing it in service of others? Because it's not bad. Like ego has been getting a bad rap. You know, like people, ego's bad. Ego's the enemy. Stay away from ego. No, no, no. You need to have ego. You need to have confidence in yourself because no one else is going to come in and give it to you. So I think it's healthy to have a good, healthy ego. But where, where, where do you channel it if it's all about you? Like, for example, I don't tend to click a whole lot with bodybuilders because they tend to be so focused on their body. It's like an individual sport. They're constantly looking in the mirror. They're picking themselves apart. And really, the only person that gains anything is themselves when they continue mm -hmm. to make their bodies better. I like people who are more in a team sport and they're thinking about a team and they're like, I want to get fit. So the team wins, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I want to be better at my skill set so we all win the championship. And so I think when you're in service of others, you're, you're chasing self-development, but it's in service of we instead of me. That's the, the defining line. So the way you're talking the we and all, cause that must come from that wrestling world because you have to trust your partner, right? So, so oh, yes. how did pro wrestling help you then in the business world overall? Man, I got so many lessons, but I'll tell you two that really stand out to me. The first is you gotta be unique. Like the most memorable characters. I'll, I'll, I'll even throw it at you here, Al. What are two of the, your the most memorable characters you can think of in wrestling? Uh, Ultimate Warrior, favorite, loud, you know, rambunctious, yeah. wild. And it's just Hulk Hogan, cause that was Hulk, man. Come on, bro. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yes, these are guys that have larger than life characters, are the ones I often hear. The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, like huge, ridiculous characters and i'm like does anybody remember mark miro right or or just wilson smith like these guys that didn't really go anywhere 
and they just kind of came out in black trunks or red trunks and they just had a first and last name and they didn't have any cool theme or gimmick. The and jobbers. So, yeah, <laughs> the jobbers were forgettable. And so here's the thing, like when we're talking about your business, are you in the red ocean, right? We've all heard of that book, Red Ocean and Blue Ocean. Uh, the red ocean is red because it's bloody. All the sharks are fighting for the same customers. So are you in an industry where your price the same, your service is the same, and you're, you make the same offer to your customers? You're going to be in a red ocean. That is going to be a bloodbath. The blue ocean is you're doing something so unique. You stand out. You're so different. You have a unique process, a unique approach, a unique mm. way of getting people's attention. You'll have no competition. Like, think about how much time Netflix had to gather up subscribers before all the other streamers jumped in and out to Red Ocean. They had at least a 10-year gap where they had zero yeah. competition. And so yeah. that's what all the people on here with the business want to be thinking. is like, how do I separate myself? How do I be unique? How do I be the ultimate warrior, the undertaker, the Stone Cold Steve Austin of my you know, business, my service, my industry? So that would be the first lesson. The second is absolutely that you have to embrace marketing, all right? And so a lot of business owners either fall into two categories. They're either product or promotion driven. Product is they like to tinker and make the product better and they like to just tweak it. And promotion is they like getting on the camera, they like making ads, they like going out and shaking hands and building out relationships. But you, you need somebody in every business that owns both of those to get the best growth. Um, if you're very promotion driven and your product sucks, You'll make a lot of sales, but word will start getting around. It wasn't so good once you got in, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're very product driven, maybe you only get referrals because you're never out promoting. And so like, yes, you can live off that, but you're not seeing that immense growth because you don't got that speaking person out there really sh speaking it out on a big level, right? So what I learned was that the, 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 the uh, shows that had the worst attendance, that had the lowest ticket sales, the owner just loved wrestling and he just paid all the wrestlers and he paid the, the rental for the venue and he just never spent a dollar on marketing. And then Vince McMahon, who just recently sold WWE for billions and he bought it for $1 million in the 80s. That's, that's a pretty good investment to buy something for a million dollars and 40 years later you make a billion. Of course, because he, he also bought up all the competition. <laughs> he was yeah. wild. He didn't listen to daddy. He broke all of daddy's rules and he he changed the face of, of wrestling forever. Forever. Yes. That's you yep. know, we have Vince may have his things, but you cannot deny his impact on, yeah. on the business. And he's very promotion driven. I would actually say most people are still watching to this day, and the product's not even that good, but they're oh, just no. really good at promotion. The entrance <laughs> is over the top. They bring in famous movie stars and, and musicians yeah. to perform at WrestleMania. They're very promotion driven. And yeah. so that's the thing is that, you know, you got to you got to balance it out. You got I learned you got to have promotion and product. That's the best of both worlds in business. So that was another lesson I learned as well. Oh, man. Amazing. All right. So let me ask you here then. So what are the lessons that you found when you opened up six gyms in six years? You hear this, folks? Six gyms in six years. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. So what was what were the learning lessons there, like to upscale so so quickly? Yes. So I, I embrace marketing and sales so much, as you see, I got really good at launching a gym, but where I got humbled was the long-term success. You know, anybody can do the hot new thing in town and say, hey, this gym's coming to town and here's what we do and here's how we're unique. And so I got people's attention, I got them in, 
And so to me, I thought it's just going to keep being like this. We'll just keep having a ton of members. I'm going to go do this in another town. I'm open another gym. I'm going to go to another town, another town. And so I did six gyms in six years. Here was the mega learning lesson that I learned that humbled me because I actually ended up having to close two of those locations and I had to sell a third one. So it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows. And here was the learning lesson for all the business people. I did not know at that point in my life how to scale leadership and culture. And so you hear these words thrown around, but I didn't know them because I'm just this dummy guy that knew how to do personal training and a pro wrestler. And I didn't know how to, what, what a business is all about. And I quickly realized like, hey, when you're gone, the cats are away, the mice will play. Like some people are showing up late. Some people are not living to the standards. Some people are leaving the gym dirty. Some people are not paying attention to the members and they're going and checking their phone. And so the standards are going down when you're not there, Dustin. You need a leader. You need someone that's yes. going to hold the line. They're going to hold the standards. They'll be there when you're not there. And they have to be all in on the mission. And so I had to learn the hard way. I need to build leaders. I need to build a bench of leaders. Mm. And so that's something that I, I do now that I didn't do then. And I had to learn that humbling lesson. The second part is the culture. And so I am very task driven. Most business owners are kind of wired the same way. I, I need you to do this task for this much dollars per hour. Get the task done. No excuses. And so what I didn't understand was like, hey, tasks are, are fine, but the way that you do it puts people in a certain state. And so Tony Robbins says, change your state, change your life. So if I greet someone at the gym, hey, you know, hey, Al, how's it going? Welcome. We're glad to have you, dude. You ready to do a great 8 a.m. workout? I'm, I'm putting you in a certain state because of my excitement, mm -hmm. and my energy. But let's say I'm re just putting the equipment around and I'm reorganizing everything. I'm like, hey, Al, welcome in. And I just, you just give me a head nod. The dude yeah, head nod. Right. Or, or yeah, like that. <laughs> and that's it. Like, so, okay. <laughs> so both of those things, the employee can say, I checked the box. I did a greeting. Dustin, you want me to greet them? I greeted them. But what I had to learn and challenge in terms of culture, culture is how you make people feel. And so mm -hmm. I said, yes, you did the greeting, but how did you make them feel when you did the greeting? Right. And so like, I was so task driven, open the gym, close the gym, greet the members, run the session. I missed the part about culture of like, how do you make people feel when they walk in? How do you make people feel when they walk out? How do you make people feel when you text them, right? Like we've all been there where you got to do collections. Well, you can write it in a way where it puts me in a negative state and we could put it in a way where you can put me in a positive state. So that, that was a big aha that I like to share with business owners. Like all your systems, all your tasks, go through and read them and say, what state are we putting the person in? Are we coming from us, the company, and we need your money, your past due, or hey, what's up at the gym? Are you being mindful of the state you're putting that customer in? Because that is what they talk about to their friends and family. It's like, I love this company because every time because. they reach out to me, I'm just in a better mood. Or I don't like this company. Never go there because every time they reach out, they're rude. They're short. They're to the point, And they don't really care about relationships. So you don't want to be that company, right? So th those are mm -hmm. some things that I learned that were the hard lessons, the school hard knocks of closing three gyms down out of those six. Wow. And how soon within the six years that you have to go through that experience of closing the three? I mean, it was pretty much like back to back, open them in six years and then back to back, sell or close them in three years. So as quickly oh, as we damn. went up, we came down. Gotcha. Yeah, so basically was, you got, you got checked and humbled <laughs> uh, yes. by, by life. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. But, but, you know, thankfully you learn, you know, lessons, you got those three spots open. So let's talk about sales problems in most companies. You were kind of touching them, you know, right now. So what, what are the three though? 
stop sales problems in most companies other than that outreach or that cold outreach, you know, not, not engaging with the customer in the right place. What else is there? Yeah. Number one, I, I feel like most businesses don't make sales because they go for the ask way too quickly. You know, um, it's like taking a girl out on the first date and saying, will you marry me? It's like, she's going to be like, what the heck? Like calm down. So when you get someone that opts in on your ad or reaches out and DMs you and immediately you're like, Hey, nice to meet you. We got this great sale. You know, you you can buy this. What do you say? Uh, You're immediately pushing people off and because they can smell your money hungry and you're asked, you're desperate, you're asked for the sale. So the number one I say, or number one thing I would say first is like trust equals transactions. That, that, that's like a tweetable, a writer downer for everybody who's in business. Trust equals transactions. What do I mean? The person does not buy until a certain level of trust has been met. So the reason referrals are ready to buy from you is they trust you because the other customer sent them. And a trust has been like a pre-established because your customer pre-sold them. But a cold person who does not know you, they need to learn about your service. They need to read your content. They need to be on your email list. They need to watch your posts on social media. They need to kind of stalk you a little and then they need they will make a self-decision of like, I align with these people. I want to transact my money for their services. And so that would be the first problem is we're not building trust. We're just going for the sale way too quick. So that'd be the first thing I'd say is just like spend more time building trust. The second is do more follow up. So I have a company that is completely about follow up. It's called Gym Reinforcements. We do follow up for gym owners. And so essentially this is something I found is a problem in all businesses that when you call them, they don't call you back, they don't follow up, or if they do, you might get one and then they're done with you. And so it leaves the customer having to do more work or the more energy you make me expend, I'm just gonna go start looking somewhere else for someone that's doing service for me. They're making my life easy. And so the big thing that's missing in most businesses is they're just not doing enough follow-up. And so I would say, increase your follow-up two, three, even sometimes five X, we got into a company that they did one reach out and that's it. And we had to 10 X their follow up. We do 10 reach outs in the first week. And it's because oh, wow. people are busy, you know, like they, they got yeah. things going on. So you got to text, call, email, social media, DM. And I know I just, this kind of goes against what I just said. You said, well, Dustin, you know, you're, you're asking too much. You're, you're, you're pitching too much, but, but then you're telling me to increase my follow up. Yes. But the follow up is more about like discovering their problem. What is your yeah. problem? Why did you reach out? What, what have you tried to do to solve this problem on your own? Um, what made you decide to reach out to us? You know, these are like discovery questions. You're not asking yet. You're just trying to get to know them, right? Of course, you're trying to catch um, the feel for the energy and the vibe of what's going on with the situation. So that yeah. way you could offer them the proper product, for, you know, for what yeah. they need. So there's nothing wrong with a follow-up. I agree that I've never really been annoyed by follow-ups. But I, but the first thing you mentioned is what I do get annoyed by. Hey, Al, check check this out. Look what I got. Uh, how about hello? How you doing? Let's converse for a moment. I need to yes. feel that vibe. I, I, I am definitely one of those. It is about a vibe for me. And if I don't like your vibe, I am not buying. <laughs> exactly. So, so those are two. I'd say the third and final one is just if you guys do want more sales, it does come down to a volume game. You, more combos equals more cash. And so yes. people are like, hey, I'm a salesperson. It's slow. I'm not making it. And I'm like, how many calls did you make? And 40. You know, I already did 40 calls a day. I'm like, we want to see 100 before lunch, you know, and then you're going to do another 100. You just did 40 for the day. What have you been doing all day? And so we just start slipping into just very, you know, coasting type of habits 
where you want to come in and be like ready to attack. And so there's a book that most people know in business, 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. There's a big lesson that people miss though. They read 10X your goals. You want to make a million dollars, make 10 million. You want a hundred members, go get, you know, a thousand members, like 10X your goal. But what they miss is he also wrote about, it will be 10X harder. It will require 10X <laughs> more volume than you think. And so that's what he also primes you for. It's not just you set bigger goals and then you achieve them. It will also require more hardship, more, more struggle, more resilience. And so what most salespeople do is they kind of have a number and they just try to hit that number of calls and outbound a day and they don't try to 10 exit. You know, you're doing 40 calls a day. What, what would happen if you did 200? I bet you would make more sales. I bet you'd earn more commission if you just broke your sales habits, right? So just do more outreach. That would be the third one. See, folks, you hear it? Get your game on, all right? And, and, but be friendly and respectful and humble and talk to people. Don't be salesy, all right? Yeah. So talk about yeah. it. But because you, you're talking about how you helping business owners to grow their business and do their thing, you know, with this outreach. So talk to me. Uh, you, you have a couple of things. I need to know what is the fortune follow-up system and what is the charm sales process? I mean, look at this guy. He yeah. got acronyms and a whole bunch of stuff going on. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'll hit these quick because I know we, we are, we're, you know, on a specific time frame. But uh, Fortune follow-up is basically three systems that are built uh, to help you get more sales. And so the first one is for leads. The second is for your existing database. And the third is for your past customers. And so your new leads, we kind of touched on that. Reach out to them 10 times in the first week. One in the morning, one in the evening. One in the morning, one in the evening. Monday through Friday, 10 reach outs. I call that the five by two follow-up system, right? The second is reaching out to 10% of your database a day. So if you have, let's say 2000 leads, you're gonna reach out to 200 of them, but you wanna come in with value. Like again, you don't wanna go in and just be pitching. Hey, do you want this free guide? Hey, I just recorded a podcast. You wanna listen to it? Hey, here's a video I put up free content, like give them value and then people will naturally see you as an authority. So send that to 10% of your prospects every single day, just send out value. And then the third is pretty much finding new business from old business. And so your customers that are already done business with you are some of the easiest customers to resell, but a lot of people don't think of making them a past member offer. It should be specifically crafted. Hey, I miss working with you. Hey, I want to check in. Maybe we can work together again. And that is something that is a great way to just, if you're in a weird sales slump, I got new, new leads, I need to make some sales, go call all your past customers. They probably would reorder and re-sign up yeah, with your man. service, right? Brand so loyalty, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, nice. I like that. Absolutely truth. But yes, the charm, that's basically an acronym I put together to help people who feel really weird about sales to just take it through, to go through sales and not feel slimy. And so it's just an acronym and just kind of a brief <laughs> overview. The C is crack a smile because yes. people are gonna have their fists up until you disarm them. So you need to you need to smile, you need to get them to smile, you need to crack a joke, but that's the C. Then the uh, H is how can I help? And you're now just trying to discover their problem, right? A is ask about the pain. So whatever they said I need help with is probably gonna be a surface answer. Most people are like, I just want to check you guys out. I want to see your prices. They're just going to give you a very general answer. So the A is like, what is the pain that you want to dig into, right? Like that's the A. R is now reveal your solution, whatever you have for sale. 
And then M is make the sale, which basically means ask for it because a lot of people you'll be surprised lose a sale because they use a very general open-ended close and they don't ask for it. So they'll say, okay, if that sounds good, just let me know when you want to get started. And it's like, yeah. you might as well just open the door and walk them out because they're not going to buy it with a soft <laughs> close like that. Right. How, say, how about, hey, I know you know what I heard. Here, sign here and we'll get started tomorrow. All right. Let's get yeah, it happen. Let's exactly. make it happen. I hear you, yep. brother. We, we got, I'm a New Yorker. I understand that for sure. Got to make it happen now, not later, not a minute from now. Now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love the acronym, though. That's some, that's some real business. All right. So um, there's two more questions. You know, I, I, ain't too, I, ain't, I ain't too much of a stickler on time. Don't you worry. But I definitely want to get okay. these two because, again, it's, it, it's part of the business stuff, right? So what are three lead generation strategies that most business owners miss, as you said? Oh, well, actually, you already discussed that kind of, right? Because it was the, uh, yeah, you kind of relate over that. And then leveraging content to get nonstop leads. That's the question. How do yes. we leverage content? So unfortunately, most businesses are just not making any content. So that's problem number one. You guys just need to get posting, you know, let, let the world see what you're doing. Because like, you're just so used to just doing your thing and just doing your day-to-day -day operations that you don't give the world an inside look. So it's like, if you're a landscaper, do before and after photos. If you're a trainer, do a before and after photo. If you help people with their business, you know, again, they might not be comfortable you're sharing their before and after revenue, but you could say we helped them grow <laughs> X amount of revenue in a month. But like essentially let the world see what you do because it builds authority. Uh, every business owner is going to say they're awesome. It's when another person says you're awesome. And so the way you yeah. leverage content to get more leads is you, you put out more interviews with your clients you put out more testimonials you can get the whole little box where it's like a quote and it says by joe he said this but those have gotten stale for most people and honestly they just don't believe that it's a real customer you got to get someone like on zoom on Streamyard, on video saying i'm so glad i worked with x company because they helped x happen and that is literally an ad you can run on facebook you can chop it up and put it out as content but like as a business owner, this might sound like, oh, another thing to do. This is very much worth your time to get 10 or 20 clients on camera saying you're awesome. Every business says they're awesome. It's when your customer says you're awesome that you really are. So collect yep. that. That is valuable. That's gold. That could be your content. It's just nonstop video testimonials of saying you're great. That is when you'll see a huge boom in business. Yeah, and I agree. The same thing applies to a website, for example, when, you know, you, you could put up all the dopest content you want, but if you're not getting those back backlinks that make you a domain authority, your website ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yep. So it, yep. it, it, it applies to everything in life, folks. You got to apply. You got to apply yourself and make it happen. And for any business owner that say, oh, just another thing, then you don't care about the business. Because if you really want to grow and eat forever and, and create a legacy, listen to what Dustin is saying here. You really got to do the work. 10 times work. Why not? Make it happen. I'll do 20 times the work if I have to. <laughs> so I can live comfortably later. Why not? So yes, I'm digging it. Yeah. You know, that's why this is why Dustin is leading the way, as it says, right above his head. And you can see the book right above his shoulder, too, about that book. So where can Whoa. we pick up that gem of a book? Hey, look at that. He just boom, I don't know where. What talk about salesy? Boom, I got it right here. Whoa. So where can and we boom. pick that baby up? Hey! <laughs> Double whammy on, on it right here, brother. Talk about marketing, man. So talk about the book. Where can I get that baby? And can I get an autograph? Yeah. Are you going to be anywhere too? Tell me all this <laughs> stuff. 
Uh, it is on Amazon. It's on hardcover, paperback, Kindle, and we're looking to get it on audio very soon. It's called Reinforce Your Gym. I do want to caution the listeners. They might write it off saying, oh, it's a gym book. It's for gym owners. Any business owner can get benefit from this because there's three main sections. There's a section about marketing, sales, and leadership. And I know any business, if those three things improve, their, their business will grow. So don't write it off just because it says reinforce your gym. It's reinforce your business. And uh, yes, I will be in Michigan in the summer doing a couple of workshops. If you guys got any events out there in New York, Al, let me know. I'd love to come out. And uh, yes, if you guys want a sign signature copy, just send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. I can sign it and I'll personally mail it off to you because obviously they don't offer that on Amazon. So yeah. that would be the way to get that. Excellent. And I've been showing that off the Insta. You could hit him up on his Instagram at Dustin.Bogle. All right. And of yep. course, I've been, I showed this off a couple of times. That gym owners can learn about the services and if it's a good fit for them, he's going to, he could help you with, with lead follow up sales and administrative work. And all you got to do is go to gymreinforcements.com. The link is also below, folks. So feel free to click away, ask those questions. If you're a business owner, uh, uh, you know, Dustin is going to lead the way for your business to hit that top point, baby. That's what it is, all right? And, and probably pump you up, too, get you energized. Hey, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Dustin, man, thank you so much for sharing your tips, your journey, and all. And one last thing before we go, actually. If you could have a dream match with any wrestler ever in history, alive or dead, who would it be? Oh, man, that is so tough. But if it was in the 80s, I don't think there's anything that would beat being in the ring with Hulk Hogan. Like, that would be amazing right so yeah all right so would so would you what was your special move when you were around uh, and, uh, you're telling me you're gonna take his leg drop would you take the yeah. loss <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course i'm gonna lay down for hulk hogan because he's the king but yes um uh, i had a, a power bomb called the hellraiser uh when i was diablo so yes i would try to hit him with the hellraiser he might reverse give me the old clothesline and, and leg drop and call it a day so, yeah. <laughs> look, Hulk, if you ever want to have a, a, a match, there we go. Dustin is ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's already choreographed. It. All right. So, now thanks again, Dustin. And, folks, make sure to again check out uh, Dustin at gymreinforcement.com. Follow, show the love, because this is what we do here at the AMP. Show the love, and, you know, we got to help each other grow, stay motivated, stay hungry, folks. You know, make sure everybody could eat, not just yourselves. All right. And with that, thank you again for your time. I'm Al Mega with the AMP. Baby and Mr. Dustin Bolt. Later. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Al Mega Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the insights and stories from our guests. Remember, success is a journey, not a destination. And every step you take, no matter how small, brings you closer to your goals. Don't give up on your dreams and keep pushing forward. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and stay motivated.